Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and then grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. So how's everybody doing? Everybody doing all right? Good to see everyone. I'm glad to be back. We were off last weekend. And uh, how many of you know, sometimes when, you, when you're off, you just want to do nothing. Amen. And people just want to do nothing, right? So we called it a staycation. We stayed at our house. We li- literally did just like a bunch of a nothing. But I want you to know we did, uh, I'm upping our dating game this year. And I took Beth, we went to a cooking class together. Come on now, right? I want to show you. I want to show you. Not like Beth. Beth is like she doesn't need cooking classes because she's a fantastic cook. But I thought we would do this together, and we learned how to cook French food. And isn't that impressive? And um, we were we were there. We were with all these people we didn't know. The couple we were with, um, I think they'd had an argument before like we came together. And so when it got to the knife part, you know, like I was like, can I can I use the knife? Maybe I'll use the knife and. And it was, yeah, I'm moving on, but anyhow. So uh, take your notes out. We're going to continue on in our series. Uh, we are in week four, and we're calling this series Best Year Yet. And uh, what we're doing in our series, for those of you that are just joining us and welcome to everybody who's online, here's what we're doing. We're using the new year to talk about newer and stronger faith. And we're using the words, I think, arguably of the most uh, popular disciple to help us in our quest uh, for this better you and this better new uh, year. And uh, we have been uh, picking some uh, through a passage of scripture that is tucked in the back of the New Testament uh, in the second letter that Peter, the apostle of Jesus, wrote. Uh, And so those letters bear his name. And uh, we've used as a theme verse, verse 3, but here's how uh, Peter uh, tees it up. He says, God's divine power, this is what he says, notice this, has given us everything we need for godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and his own goodness. And it is through these that he has given us uh, his very great and precious promises so that through him, notice what he says here, you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And for this reason, here's what Peter says, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to your goodness knowledge. And so that's what we're going to talk a little bit uh, about today. Now, if you're just starting with us, I can catch you up real quick. We started in week one, and we talked about these precious promises, and here's what we said. We learned from Peter this, this idea, maybe you want to write this down, that, that God's promises are complete, but our faith is incomplete. And so what we did when we started the series is we just began by wanting to notice this gap. There is a difference. There is a a delineation between the perfect promises of God and the incomplete faith that uh, you and I have. And so we set up the series really kind of pointing that out. If you're with us in week two, uh, we talked actually about what faith is and what it's not. That was a great conversation. Many of you uh, responded. I appreciate uh, your your kind comments about that, how that was helpful. And here's really what I think we talked about there that was really most helpful. We, we learned together that sometimes God will use our doubt to help us. 
And I think sometimes in our Christian journey, uh, we have misunderstood doubt only as just a negative thing, but oftentimes God, uh, with his power and with his grace, can use even the doubts we have to move us into a greater awareness right, of who he is. And so we, uh, we learned a little bit of that uh, in week two. And then if you were with us last week, I thought Pastor Trevor did a fantastic job. And he talked to us about goodness, goodness, and not, not the kind of goodness uh, it, that, that we see sometimes in the Christian experience where we are striving to earn God's favor. How many of you know you're never going to earn God's favor by doing that. Man, so many hands went up in the room. That means you guys are being well-fed by great preachers. Amen. Amen. That's just what that means right there. So uh, anyhow, yeah, so we're not talking about, um, you know, earning God's favor, but here's what we are, here's what Peter is is, is pushing out, that, that uh, as a result of our faith, we are becoming increasingly better people. We're becoming more good. In fact, the, the, the original language that when Peter first writes this in, in his language, he uses the word that is translated in our culture this way, moral excellence. We're just developing into increasingly better people. And this is a really important uh, topic because it stands to reason that if we're living our faith correctly, we should all become increasingly better people. Amen. I need more amens. Amen. All right, that's great. That's better. Now, here, here's what I'm trying to communicate uh, at, at this. I, one of the pet peeves, if I could just push for a moment, is this idea that I think it's interesting that for uh, unchurched people, the biggest pet peeve unchurched people have with church people is they don't see any difference in our lives as a result of our faith. And in fact, uh, I don't know about you, I've, I've met Christian people before. I'm probably going to get notes for this. Um, but I've met Christian people before. I wanted to give them 20 bucks and say, don't tell anybody you're a follower of Jesus. Okay. Some of them have attended this church, not forever, but anyhow, I just want to say that. And we should become increasingly better people. I remember uh, this when our girls were little, uh, we, we wanted to kind of get the word in them. And we took this very seriously as parents. And parents, by the way, take this very seriously. And just even when they grow up and they move out of your home, you're not done. You think you're done. You're not done. <laughs> Praise God, you're not done. Okay. <laughs> and uh, anyhow, here's what I want to say about that. I can remember Beth, Beth and I, we would, we would play all this music because we wanted our girls to understand. And we wanted it to not just be a head experience, but we wanted it to be a heart experience. And, and we were playing all these songs. I remember one time when I was pastoring a very little church uh, up in uh, North Florida, precious uh, people in that church, but where we would shop to go get groceries like a half hour away in Tallahassee. And so we would, we would put on the cassettes. I maybe all remember a cassette. It was like this thing had two holes in it, you know, and we put that in our car and we would sing all these songs on the way 30 minutes there and 30 back, 30 back. I remember a song like God's still working on me to make me who I'm supposed to be. You know, that I remember all that song. And then, and then when they got older, we, we got different music. And I remember, how many of y'all remember Stephen Curtis Chapman? There's some of my people right there. 
And I remember, I remember Stephen Curtis Chapman. We would take them when Stephen Curtis Chapman would come to Coral Sky. We would go every time. They got to meet him. And I remember a song that he, he sang. I think the album was called Speechless. I don't know if you remember this or not, but I, I remember this with the girls, and there was a song in there called Dive. I still have a memory of my girls singing this. I'm diving in. I'm going deep. Over my head, I want to be. The river's deep. The river's... Nobody remembers that one, but... <laughs> There was a song on there, and, and it was entitled The Change. And I remember this song, and, and I want to read this to you just for a moment. Just entertain me just for a moment. It says, this is how it goes. He says, well, I got myself a T-shirt says what I believe. I got letters on my bracelet to serve as my idea. I got a necklace and a keychain, almost everything a good Christian needs. I got Bible magnets on my refrigerator door. Welcome, Matt, to bless you as you walk across my floor. I got a Jesus bumper sticker and and an outline of a fish stuck on my car. Even, even though all this stuff is well and good, I cannot help but ask myself, and here's the chorus. What about the change? What about the difference? What about the grace? What about forgiveness? And what about a life that's showing I'm undergoing a change? Uh, you know what? We're in this space this morning, and here's what I want to tell you. God can change your life. He's changed mine. He can change yours. And some of you are here, and, I, and, I, and almost like I can almost see it sometimes. We, we just kind of, we limp our way in here. And we're just so covered up with all of our stuff. And God wants to set us free. That's what he does. It's his work, and he can do it. And, and this is what I want us to keep in mind all in this series, especially around this talk today, because um, you know we're going to talk about knowledge, and I, I want us to remember that it's, it's, it's knowledge that has a purpose at the end of it. And sometimes this is what we need to talk about, that we're, that we're just increasingly better people. I thought about it. I had a really weird, funny, awful experience that, that is sort of a reminder on this. On the 31st of December... Uh, I, you know, day off for us in our office. We had the office closed. I was doing some building uh, stuff at my house, and I needed to go to Home Depot. And I was going over to Home Depot, and I opened up this thing in my truck, and I found all these gift cards from Chick-fil-A that my, my son-in-law had given me. And I looked, I picked one, I just picked one up, and I, I turned it over, and I looked at it, and it said it expired on the 31st of December. <laughs> that day, like that day. And so I thought, oh my gosh, I have all, like all these cards. And I, I thought, I'm driving over to Home Depot, and I thought, this will be a good thing to do. Talking about goodness, right? This will be good. I'm just going to go, whoever I, whoever I see, I'm just going to give them cards to get free food, right? So I'm going over there. I am like solving world hunger at Home Depot. <laughs> I am just handing gift cards out like to everybody. I mean, everybody, thank you. I'm just giving these gift cards away. I saved the last gift card for me. I even saw like Grant, Linda Wilson in our church. I gave them cards. And then I, I, I saved the last one for me. I go over to Chick-fil-A right there in front of Home Depot and I get my free sandwich. And I look over and there's Grant and Linda. And she's, she's laughing at me. And I thought, what is she laughing at? I mean, that's kind of weird. And I walked over, I said, why are you laughing? She goes, why are you here? I said, I'm here to get my free lunch like I gave you free lunch. And this is what she said. She goes, it was expired. Now follow me. The minute she said that, I thought, oh no. And she showed me the back of the card. Look at it. It's expired. And you know, the first thing I thought, I have been in Home Depot the last half hour. I'm giving free lunch to everybody. 
And then I, y'all, then I realized, look, it's got my son-in-law's name on it. I thought, sucks to be Eric. That's not the goodness we're talking about. It's, it's not, you know, we should become increasingly better people. And so this morning, what I want to do, though, watch this. Watch what Peter says. He says this. This is so powerful to me. You guys have been living in this the last month or two. Peter says, for this reason, for the very reason that we can participate in God's divine nature and escape the corruption of the world that is caused by our evil desires, here's what he says. Make every effort. Do all you can. Take every opportunity. Leave no stone unturned. Don't miss your moment to add to your, watch this, your goodness, knowledge. Say it with me, knowledge. This is the conversation. And so what I want to do, I want to read to you um, just a passage that talks about knowledge. And let's see if we can get our minds and our hearts around this. And this is one of the most uh, important topics in the Bible. And if you were to look this up, the word knowledge in the New Testament appears all over the place. And, and one of the most powerful representations of it actually happens in Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 7. Now, notice what Paul says here, okay? He says, but whatever, whatever, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. And what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of, here it is, knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider, in fact, those things garbage that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. In other words, like this, not trying to be good enough to earn his favor, right? But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Now, notice what he says here in verse 10. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead, not that I've already obtained all of this or I've already arrived at my goal, but he says, I want, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, I forget what is behind and I strain toward what is ahead and I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. You know, Lord, this is important. And, and for some of us uh, here, God, um, I just want to say a reminder, it's important for all of us. You know, there's some of us who are here, and we're at the very beginning of our journey. We're figuring this out. In fact, there's some here listening that would say, you know, I haven't even got it figured out, but I'm, I'm here. I'm showing up. And there are those of us who are here, Lord, to be truthful. We've knocked around church a long time. But God, I believe by the power of your Holy Spirit, you want to say something to us about a very important topic. So give us clarity of mind, openness of heart, to hear your words that they might become for us life and breath. 
life and breath. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Now here, if you're taking notes, I want you to notice here, I want you to know, notice in both the passage from Peter, where Peter is saying, you know, we're going to add some things to our faith. God's, God's, God's promises are perfect, but because our faith isn't perfect, there's some stuff we're going to add to make up that difference. And I want you to notice what Paul is saying uh, in a compounding way, there is this tremendous sense of urgency around what he's saying. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm drawn to every time when I'm reading in the scripture, there are those moments, and, and I need to be honest and confessional. It doesn't happen every time, but every now and again, I'll, I run across these moments where, where you can just you can just feel the emotion just kind of coming off the page. And here's, here's what Paul is saying. Paul, Paul is reminding us in this space, and the original here is in this space, that he is well aware, well aware, that Jesus has transformed his human experience. And as a result of that, he's wanting to come into a deeper awareness and a deeper alignment with this truth, that it's important, that it matters. And I don't know about you, but like when I read stuff like that, especially from somebody like Paul or maybe the words of Jesus or some of these other disciples, I always take note of what gets them emotional because it reminds me that maybe that's something I need to, you know, not sleep my way through these next few moments. Like maybe there's something very important here. And this is really the conversation uh, I think we should have uh, about knowledge. And when I noticed this this morning, when I look at it, I've been uh, you know, thinking about this for the last couple of weeks. Um, it's important to understand what kind of knowledge both Peter and Paul are talking about, and it's important, and we need to understand it. And so uh, what I want to do, I think the best way to help us into a, a greater awareness of this, I want to talk to you about I'm going to say it this way. There are three levels, I think, that Paul's getting at. And so each one uh, in an ascending value, greater than the last one, uh, forms more or less like a pathway that we could uh, walk on in this space. And let me give you the first one. If you're taking notes, here it is. I think there's informational knowledge, which is important. Informational knowledge uh, is important uh, in our life experience. It's this kind of knowledge that uh, is part of how we come to understand the world, how we uh, come to understand our role in the world. Um, and so this is important. And this is why I showed that Ken Jennings deal. I mean, he has got a lot of informational knowledge stuck up in that brain of his, wouldn't you say? Isn't that interesting? In fact, I, I did a little research on this. Uh, that That Jeopardy tournament was a smash it, it drew an audience of 15 million viewers. Isn't that crazy? Listen to this. It drew more viewers than the first four games of the 2019 NBA Finals. It, it drew more viewers than the first five games of the 2019 World Series where you could have watched Houston cheating <laughs> in real time. Uh, it drew more viewers than all but one of ESPN's Monday Night Football. It was the greatest of all time, featuring the greatest contestants of all time. And here's the other thing I noticed. None of them from Florida. <laughs> Did you notice that? There was like nobody from Florida. In fact, we don't have those headlines. This is what we have in Florida. Headlines like this. Florida man arrested for hitting dad with pizza because he was mad that his dad helped birth him. 
Florida man arrested uh, trying to kill a man with kindness using a machete he named Kindness. Florida man arrested for finding a live grenade, placing it in his car, driving around town, ending up at a Taco Bell drive-thru. Here's my favorite. Florida man learns the hard way he stole laxatives, not aspirin. We should pray for him. Informational knowledge is important. Uh, And so here's what I want to say. I want to commend you if you're here and you're collecting knowledge. This is really important. Uh, And here's what I want to tell you from a spiritual perspective. It's a great place to start. It's not a great place to end. Uh, And we we want to start around this, but not end. I I notice that Paul says in 1 Corinthians 8, verse 1, if you're taking notes, maybe you want to write this down. Here's what he says. We all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up, while love, he says, builds up. And if we're not careful, this is what I always want to remind people in this space, especially as it's a new year. I want to remind everyone that that while this is a beautiful, powerful experience, we always have to have the right perspective about what we're doing right now. Because if we don't have the right perspective about this, here's here's what can so easily happen in church world. We can just hit lather, rinse, repeat every seven days. And, and we just go dead in a space like this. And all we do is we collect all of these facts about God, but they never move us to get involved with his work in the world. And that's not what God is after. It's almost like Paul is saying in the second part of this verse, he says this, there will be those who think they know, in 1 Corinthians he says, those who think they know something, but do not yet know as they ought to know. This is informational knowledge. Now, if I were to be very candid around this and say this, which I'm going to say, I always say, like, you know, if I was going to be brave and say this, well, here, I'm going to be brave and say it. Here's what I think. I think it's possible, I think it's entirely possible to knock around the church for years, like 10, 15, 20 years, and be one year old in your faith. Happens all the time. And so part of what we're wanting to do in this moment is we want to create a space where, where, we, where, where we tip our hat, where we acknowledge the power that, that is in the idea, the value of gathering informational knowledge about God. But, but, but if you're taking notes, I just want to say it's a great place to start, but we don't want to end there. We don't want to end there. We want to move. I, in fact, I think of it this way. This is the, my own vernacular, what I've thought through the years. The goal of the Christian experience, listen to me, is not just longevity around the faith. It is maturity in the faith. God is, here's God's calling for every Christ follower in this room and those streaming online. It's to grow up in our faith and to partner with God about his work in the world. Amen. So there's informational knowledge, um, but I, let's go up a level. You want to go up a level? Yeah. Here's, here's level two for me. Level two, I think, is experiential knowledge. And uh, experiential knowledge is, I, I think we all agree, it's one thing to know about God. It's quite another to experience God. Now, we practice this in some unique ways in our church, and maybe ways you might not even understand. We actually participated in it in just a few moments ago when Keith and the team were leading us in worship, because here's what we'll often do in that worship space. We will sing a song about God. 
But before it's over, we'll start singing to Jesus. And that's different. And so experiential knowledge is really important. Um, I remember this obscure verse uh, that I, I read one time in the book of Job. It's in Job chapter 42. I think this is what he was striking at when he writes this. Look at this verse. He says, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. It's almost like Job is saying there's, there's this whole other dynamic. There's this whole other thing. There's an experiential part. It's how all relationships develop. You learn some things about a person, and then you share some experiences together. Many of you all know, I, I share this from time to time. I'm not ashamed of it, pretty proud of it. I've been in a covenant group, an accountability group with six other pastors. Now, we're, we, this, this fall, we'll start year 30. Amen. Isn't that crazy? Year 30. Just two weeks ago, uh, the first member of my covenant group retired. Yikes. <laughs> it's like it's out there. One day you're going to vote me off the island and extinguish my candle. <laughs> Yikes. And, um, I, and, 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 um, but, but even beyond my covenant group, uh, there's a guy in my covenant group. I want to show you his picture. This is Pastor George, Pastor Jorge Acevedo. And uh, he's my best friend. Uh, other than my wife, and uh, we have had uh, a, a deep relationship really for like, like I don't know, we're on year 35. He's preached here a couple times. He's not as good a preacher, and he's not as good looking, but <laughs> he's, um, he's probably listening right now. But um, let me just tell you, this that friendship started in seminary. We got to meet each other. We got to know each other. I learned he was from Florida. I was like, hey, I'm from Florida. I learned uh, that he the church he attended. I'm like, I'm familiar with that church. We started talking one afternoon in a class, and I learned that all of these different co Christian conferences and uh, rock Christian rock concerts, all this stuff, when God was doing some formational work in my life at the beginning of my spiritual journey, he was there. We just didn't know each other. And so there's all this similarity, and then, then we started to hang out together and it's been you know it's been an incredible experience i um i talked to him probably three times a week and this is just is just a powerful powerful thing and um that's what happens when it moves past watch this information and it goes into relationship and and this is this is also true of our relationship with god um let me just say it this way when i was growing up and and we lived in bradenton florida uh, we attended a church. We've always we always attended church growing up. I didn't always understand it, but we went we we went to church and and the church I went to in Braden, and I won't tell you the name because I want to say this. It was great on information. It was great on information. Again, information has a has a role, but 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 I all I felt like I ever received was information. And we moved over here, and and you know what it's like if you move to a new area. We started church shopping. How many of you know what church shopping's like? And so we started shopping for a church. And I, you know, it's my brother. I have two brothers, the three of us, all teenagers. You know, and my my family carting us every week to a church. And one day we go to a church over uh, in in West Palm, which happens to be right now the East Campus that is part of Community of Hope which is amazing for me. So like when I go to our East Campus, I get very emotional about that because this is the church we attended. It was very small. At that time, we were meeting in the fellowship hall. My dad hauls us in there. My brothers and I were all sitting across this pew and, and, and it felt different. 
fact, I'll never forget the first time we went in there. We, they were singing hymns, and we got through singing a hymn, and all three, all my, my, my brothers and myself, all three of us, we grabbed the pew in front of us and used the pew to leverage us to sit down, and we learned in that moment that the pews were not anchored to the floor. <laughs> This is not a, uh, this is a true story. And the, and the pew in front of us filled with all these precious older women. <laughs> the pew went up, their legs went up. It was a scary moment. My, I looked down at my dad's like this. We got in the car and my dad said, this is the church for us. <laughs> Never forget that. But here's the thing. We would, we would go to church and I was 16. I was 16 years old. And here's the thing. I, it would move me. Now, here's what I want to tell you. 16 just, I mean, every bit, whatever you're thinking about 16, yeah, that. <laughs> that. But there was some going on, and I would go, this, there's something, it feels different. And then every now and again, like the pastor would say something, and I, I, I'm 16. I'd get emotional. And they'd sing a song. And I'd look down and I'd see my dad getting moved. And then in time, here's what we learn. It was the power of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And here's what I want to tell you, little little report. It changed our lives. It changed the trajectory of our family. Some of you are on that path right now. I talk to people in the lobby. You'll go, you know what, I come in. And I just get emotional when I come into this space. I had a guy a while back, he called me father. Father. <laughs> father. <laughs> father. I, I cry when I come here. I don't know why I cry. <laughs> the music's going on. I get all teary. I said, is the music bad? No, it's great. Music's great. I just get teary. I don't know. what you know what it is? I said, yeah, I know what it is. <laughs> Yeah. It's the presence of the living Christ. Amen. It's real. He's here yes. right now. And some of us are going, you know, Lord, I got these issues. I got these struggles. I have this thing. I got this stuff. And God's going, I know. You keep coming. You keep working the relationship in it. And all of a sudden, watch this, what happens at this level. All that informational stuff, it starts to line up and it, and, it, and it becomes a relationship. This is why Jesus has come, that you can have a relationship with him. But there's one more level. You want to know what it is? It's what I would refer to as this, and we see it in what Paul's saying. I would call it intimate relational knowledge. There's more than head knowledge. It involves our senses, our emotions. This is what we're talking about. This is why Paul says, whoever loves God will be known by God. This is why Paul is writing this. He says, I want to know Christ. And if you know anything about Paul, he's got all this religious training. He's got all this other stuff, but he's willing to set it all aside. And he said, you know, there's really one consuming overall life goal that I ought to have with my life. I, ought to, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. What is he saying there? I want to understand what this God has done so that I could have a relationship 
with the living God of all the universe. The fellowship of his sufferings. Here's what you and I both know. There's always deep fellowship around common suffering, isn't there? You know, I, I remember I, I came over here one night on Tuesday night. There was a group meeting here that had lost loved ones, and, and they were meeting together, and there's deep fellowship around there. People get it. I've been walking around here before, and here's a group, here's a group of people getting together around a, a hurt or a habit or hang-up. And here's the thing. There's this rich, powerful thing that happens over here in our church on Monday nights called Celebrate Recovery. And I got to just tell you, there's, there's a deep, powerful thing going on there. Why? Because people understand. This is what Paul is saying. I don't, I don't want to just know about you, Jesus. I want to know you, Jesus. And you know what the powerful thing is? He'll let you know him. Isn't that great? When Paul was writing once around this thing, um, in Colossians chapter 2, he says this. Look at how Paul lines it up. He says, my goal is that they, meaning we, may be encouraged in heart, united in love, so that we may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that we may know the mysteries of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. This is what I always say. It sounds a little weird. I, I, don't, I don't know what you're pursuing, what you're, what you're after. You're building your life on something. I would just tell you this. Here's what you're really looking for. You're looking for Jesus. That's what you're looking for. But you got to line this up right. And I want to I close with this because there's another challenge I want to offer just before we close. It's the simple challenge in, in Jesus' very first public sermon when he said we need to line this up right because he said if you don't do this right, he said it's very possible that their moment may come when he says, you know, depart from me. I never knew you. So it's not about informa just information. We, we have to move to experience right into intimate knowledge of who he is. So what I want to do, and I close this morning, I'm going to invite us to know him better. And so what I want to ask you to do is like what we often do, put your hands, you know, maybe just in a position of prayer just to suggest openness. And let's just be in this space and invite him to know us. God, um, we're here. And uh, we would tell you that um, it is our desire in this space, in this moment, to know you better. And I thank you that one of the reasons you have come to earth, your word tells us, is that you wanted to be able to point back to your heavenly Father and say, when you've seen Jesus, you've seen the heavenly Father. And so God, in this space, I, I want to pray for my friends right now who are at the stage of information. Uh, God, give, them, give us, uh, my friends, in this space, a capacity to gather all that they need to understand, but help us balance the tension, oh Lord, that while we're beginning there, we're not gonna end there. And so, Lord, I pray for my friends who are at the experiential stage that you would give us greater courage, greater awareness, Lord, that we would not just know things, but we would, we would learn how to tune our lives and our minds and our hearts around how to experience you. How to, how to be at, at, at work with you in what you're doing in our lives and around the world, to partner with you, to participate in what Peter said, the divine nature. But God, here's, here's the ultimate thing. You, you want to tell secrets to those you love. 
And I believe with all my heart right now, many of us are here and God, we want to position our lives in this way that we would say, Lord, what would you say to me about my life? What would you say about this circumstance? What would you say about this hurt? What would you say about this brokenness? What would you say about this sin? And so God, would you do what only you can do? Reveal yourself to your friends so that every single one of us may know you better but allow you to be who you want to be, which is our Lord and our leader, our forgiver, our friend, our God. This we pray in Jesus' precious name. And everyone said, amen. Praise God. I want to remind you, we have folks that will be here up front uh, to pray with you. If you have a prayer request, we're going to keep digging into this, this series Go in God's peace and lean into what he has for you. We'll see you next weekend.